Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. There are some women that think that Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four would be the best superhero to bang. Because of the stretching, obviously. And yeah, any woman might bang any dude who could fly them around. Hell, I could probably be talked into giving Booster Gold a handy for the experience of flying like Superman. But I don't think you should discount the Green Lantern, ladies. Think about it. If you are the woman sexually involved with Green Lantern, you should be able to get him to design the perfect sex toys for you. You could sit there through trial and error, develop the perfect form and function of a toy that always gets you off. Plus, you could patent the design from memory and make a fortune selling replicas of that sex toy, and Green Lantern could never sue you. Green Lantern wouldn't compromise his secret identity to challenge you in court, and even if he did, you're at least 50% of the research and development team. I'm only talking. You don't love me. You just love my lantern style. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. You can email me, madmanfxbgpr.com. So I need to be making money at this pretty soon, or I got to quit. That's all there is to it. Uh, otherwise, I got to get a regular job, and that won't, that won't be good because I won't bow to this woke BS and the moral compromises that everyone is making these are making these days just to keep their paychecks coming. I am too vocal about injustice like critical race theory and sensitivity training and all these other wastes of time that get in the way of business or worse, wipe humor out of the workplace. When I hear about all these fascist hoops my friends have to jump through just to maintain their livelihood, it makes me want to shit a book titled How to Puke. So I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. $3 a month. It's nothing in, the, in today's dollars. That's nothing. Or if you want to send me money, you can send me money through Cash App. Use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio. And if you can't do any of that, you know, please like, share, and subscribe on my YouTube channel. Please tell people about this podcast. Uh, rate me highly if there's ratings available on your podcast app. Excuse me. And, you know, share, share my videos. Comment on them because that helps with engagement and so forth. So, I mean, if, if, if I can't get payment through you, hopefully I can one day get payment through YouTube. Probably not. So I was watching the Hodge twins interview that they did for the Daily Wire this past week. Man, identical twins are weird. Rather, being an identical twin would be weird. I mean, it's not weird for you if you see twins unless you only see one of them. And then you have to take a stab at which one you're talking to at the, at the risk of offending them by calling them the wrong name. I'm not Ed, I'm Fred. Don't you see this tiny scar on my right hand? Oh, you're both individuals and you're unique in this world. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that when you're a twin, that's when you probably realize more than most that there are a finite number of human designs and perhaps God got distracted and made one too many copies. Perhaps twins should be assigned to us non-twins that we are not so unique when a duplicate of one person is good enough for the standards of humanity. It should unite us in our equal genetic worthlessness, but it doesn't. Being a twin has to be weird. When you pass a mirror in a lobby or something, do you for a second think that it's your brother or sister? 
What if you catch your own reflection at the other end of the bar and you don't expect to see your brother there and you do the gestures that even your brother might do in response to your presence and you get up to go and greet your twin only to realize that it's just a mirror on one side of the bar? Speaking of bars, what if you're in the pisser and you got bladder problems or something and so you spend a long time peeing and one twin comes in to pee next to you? He leaves and then another twin comes in and pees into the same urinal. I mean, they're twins, aren't they? They, they choose the same urinal, right? You might feel like you were in a Twilight Zone episode at that point. Wait a second. If they're twins, does that mean they pee at the same time? I mean, do they have to pee at the same time? I don't know. Maybe both come in at the same time, and they pee on opposite sides of you. That would be unnerving for you. So your twins, I take it, you might say to express your discomfort, because they've been peeing like that their entire lives. Do you think that they both have the same bad habits? Would they get into screaming matches? I hate when you do X, and you both do it. So it's like you constantly have someone nagging you. It's like having a conscience that eats as much as you do, sleeps late like you do, smokes too much like you do. I'd rather have a regular conscience. Maybe even a hobo grasshopper is preferable. Do you think twins like each other's farts the way we enjoy our own farts? Or perhaps they have different diets over the last 24 hours, and that's when they start disliking each other's farts. <coughs> Excuse me. Plus, they probably think similarly. They sure do talk similarly. Perhaps one twin is, des- is describing some funny thing that just happened to them yesterday, and one of them has to sneeze. So the other twin just picks up the story where the other one left off. No reason to slow the rhythm of the narrative over a silly thing like allergies, especially when you're a twin. Or would they sneeze at the same time, too? I'm joking. Obviously, twins are individuals, too. The concept of evil twin is a thing. It's, it's like uh, Minneapolis. We've all heard, heard a lot of bad things coming out about Minneapolis over the last two years. But not a peep from St. Paul. St. Paul must be the good twin. Well, here we are at the end of Arrogant Month. And I have a few things to say. First of all, I'm not the kind of guy that is going to storm into anyone's bedroom and tell them how or who to have sex with. I'm not that good at sex to feel qualified to do such a thing. But personally, I believe anything other than heterosexuality between a man and woman who are married is immoral. I believe all sex is a choice. However, I am not going to force my beliefs upon anyone. I will say that this gay thing has gotten way out of hand. I'm getting really sick of Pride Month, or Arrogant Month as I call it, every year because of how businesses pander to the gay community just because they know they probably don't have kids and therefore have more disposable income. And you gay people should be pissed about that too. I call it Arrogant Month now because you have gone far beyond Pride and moved into the realm of arrogance. But to tell you to the But to tell you the truth, this problem is bigger than just the gay community. And arrogance has seeped into the minds of most everyone these days. People in America are too prideful, too arrogant, too entitled, and all because we are so privileged. We Americans are so elite and privileged that we have to make up things to whine about, like preferred pronouns and and the elusive specter of racism that we have all but chased out of this wonderful and beloved country. If you wonder why other nations hate the U.S., 
it's a simple jealousy that we have it so good that we invent things to bitch about. And if you're concerned about gays being persecuted for being gay, there are plenty of other nations where gay people are killed for their sexuality. If you're worried about racism, go to any other nation on earth and see racism for real. If you're all bent out of shape about slavery in America's past, well, the good news is that America ended slavery, but slavery still exists in the world, and slaves are cheaper today than they've ever been in history. <sighs> but you, but you can work towards bringing slave, slavery to an end globally. I was so lucky to have been in the Navy and see some, see some of the rest of the world and the biggest lesson I learned is that, is that America really is the best nation on earth. And as we head into the 4th of July weekend, I would ask you to consider that fact before you open your mouth to whine about anything. I am sick of all these spoiled children that think the world has to revolve around them and anyone who doesn't play along is a quote-unquote oppressor. Grow up. There are people hungry in the world today. Hell, there's a whole country named Hungary, but I don't necessarily know if they're actually hungry or not. There are people without running water in this world. There are slaves dying. There are all sorts of injustices happening outside of America's borders that you never hear about because the First Amendment is a unique thing on planet Earth. Unplug from your devices and think about what I just said over the weekend. Stop looking at yourself in your phones. Stop thinking about yourself and your lived experience and how important you think you are. You're nothing, just like the rest of us, and your arrogance is laughable. Now we get into the part where I actually... <laughs> this next part is the, the reason I do warnings. So <laughs> Here we go. I can't wait for all these transgender men to start going through menopause. Menopause. I bet they'll want to change it to womanopause or something equally silly. Andrew Clavin said something recently that made me think. Quote, men protect women, women protect everything else. And I disagree. Men protect everyone. Women support and nurture their allies and only their allies. I don't want to get off on a McKenna's rant-esque rant here, but I'm going <laughs> to. But the very social and moral problems we see today is a direct result of letting women trying to protect stuff and people. You know I think homosexuality is wrong, as well as any sex that is not between a man and a woman who are married to each other. But I am not the one who judges you. I've never been married, and I'm not a virgin. So God may judge us both the same. But homosexuals have always found sympathy with women. Always. A term like fag hag doesn't fall out of the sky. Gay men would always seem to confide in women about their similar tastes of attraction. Women would defend them in public from the ridicule of asshole men who feel a need to make themselves feel better by gay bashing. And that's fine. I don't like any bullies. But there is a point to that kind of bullying, just like fat shaming. All sex is a choice, you see, and you can't choose the sex you have or choose uh, not to have, or you could choose, you could choose the sex that you have or choose not to have sex at all. But this is not what is taught. 
It is said that we are all hardwired to be straight or gay, and that is just nonsense. To think you have no control over yourself is giving up the very little power you have in this vast universe. Homosexuality is unnatural and wrong. It is like driving into oncoming traffic of human nature. Two guys staying inside all day, banging away, is no different from a guy playing WoW all day and jerking it to porn. Go do something with your life that doesn't revolve around your penis. But women have coddled these gays, telling them to follow their heart and all that ridiculous I am a slave to my emotions garbage that women love. And it's gotten to the point where people are making, uh, are making fun of businesses with rainbows here in June, pandering to the gays. It's basically gay 4th of July or maybe the Cinco de Cuatro de Gay, like an Arrested Development. Actually, it's kind of a deep similarity there. <laughs> Uh, but I am not the one. I am not one to try and stop anyone from doing as thou wilt, like Satanists. I'll just speak my mind and uh, that it is wrong, and go back to keeping my guns oiled. My point is that women have allowed this gay nonsense to go too far, to the point where we have some five-year-old saying something stupid that five-year-olds say, like "I wish I was a girl," and sh and a, a, a mother or a teacher or somebody failed that child by encouraging that kind of thinking. At some point, a man should have been around there to say, you're a boy, it's impossible to become a girl, which, would be, which is true and always will remain true. See, there's these things called chromosomes. Men have XY, women have XX. X, X. God took the X from Adam, a.k.a. Adam's rib, and doubled it to make a woman, and while the Y is divine, the X is the dust from which man is created. Not to say that one is evil or one is good, because it's all designed by the same guy. Therefore, if a transgender person dies in a fire and they have to identify your ashes with chromosomes, that's why you can't switch genders. See, the reason that you need, uh, why you need a man to be there in a child's life is exactly for that reason, to speak a little truth to the child for their protection. Men haze each other and fat shame and all that for a reason. It's for your protection. There are worse things out there in the world than people who make fun of gays and transgenders. There are greater threats to these pillow biters than words. You know that why they don't fly pride flags in, in Islamic nations? Because they want to kill gays. I just want to make fun of you. I will give my life to protect you, but I just might make a gay, gay joke with my dying breath. Women don't protect shit. Men do. Women encourage, feed, provide, give of their bodies and souls so her mate, children, and allies can flourish which is the flash of the divine. However, at puberty, they start going through a radical hormone change that makes them slaves to their emotions, and, they will, uh, and it will last until menopause, where it kind of shifts, into, uh, shift, shifts gears into an entire new level of crazy. I have seen women look completely lost when a fight breaks out. I've seen them so enthralled in their emotion that it put them in physical danger, hair over an open flame, wandering into the street. That's just two examples. And I've seen them avoid responsibility for their actions my entire life. But they smell nice, and their laughs could power Monsters, Inc. for centuries, and they look like angels. Again, the flash of the divine. And a lifetime of their love is the most valuable thing in the universe. So I'll revise Clavin's statement. Men protect, build, and work. Women do everything else. God bless their cotton socks, and God forgive me. If I am wrong about the lack of reason and masculinity in my simple, contemporary, finite, and myopic life.
<clears throat> a little, a little bit, Gavin McInnesy, a little bit. All right, damn. Like seriously, this was like four pages. <laughs> I wrote four pages for the show. I'm like 17 minutes through. Oh man, let's go ahead and get to the news worth knowing. I guess. <laughs> I swear, I try to fill an hour for you guys. All right. Saki cast GOP party. GOP as the party of defund the police after slogan backfires on Democrats. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki accused Republicans of being the party of defunding the police on Monday after defund the police became a rallying cry of progressive activists in 2020 and damaged Democrats' appeal with moderate voters. Republicans voted against President Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which was signed in March. You know that's our money, right? which was signed in March, even though it included $350 billion for state and local governments that can be used for local police. $350 billion divided by how many jurisdictions there are. It's not that much. Anyway, uh, quote, something of one of the advisors said, the weekend, said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said Republicans defend, defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. Fox News' Peter Ducey, 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 forgive me, asked Saki on Monday, quote, but how, but how is it that an argument has uh, to be made, but how is it that that is an argument? How is it that that is an argument to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Uh, well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan the state and local funding, something would be supported by the pre- something that was supported by the president. A lot of Democrats who supported and voted f- for the bill. You could help ensure local cops were kept on kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, it didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been has been used to keep cops on the beat. Saki said. She wanted to say at the time, I was t- it was sold uh, that local police departments might have pandemic related budget shortfalls. Not not we need to to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave, Ducey said. I'm sorry, that was Ducey. <laughs> Jeez Louise. This, this is horribly written. Uh, I think that any local department would argue to keep cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to because of the budget shortfall, shortfalls. Uh, fire police is something that helped them address crime in their local community, Saki said later, adding that it was pretty good was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation. Biden advisor Cedric Richmond railed against Republicans on Fox News Sunday. Let's talk about who defunded the police. When we were in Congress last year trying to pass a rescue plan, I'm sorry, not the rescue plan, but the emergency relief plan for cities who were cash-strapped and laying off police and firefighters. It was the Republicans who objected to it. And in fact, they didn't get the funding until the American Rescue Plan Uh, which our plan allowed state and local governments to replenish their police departments and do other things that that are needed, Richmond said. So look, Republicans are very good at staying on talking points of who said to fund the police, but the truth is they defunded the police. We funded crime intervention and a whole bunch of other things, he added. Yeah, what are all those other things you're talking about? Maybe that's why the Republicans didn't vote for it. More than 7 in 10 voters think crime is on the rise. (laughs) Really? Nationally, amid the backdrop of escalating uh, crime rates, 
in major American cities and FBI warnings for uh, local law enforcement to prepare for increases over the summer. Uh, that's according to a Fox News poll released May 26th and conducted May 22nd through 25th. The poll found that compared to last year, majorities think majorities think crime is increasing both nationally. 73% there is more crime, say there is more crime, as well as their local communities at 54%. 83% of Republicans are more likely than independents at 73% and Democrats at 62% to say crime is up. Equal proportions of Hispanics, 75%, black, 74%, white, 72%, think crime has risen nationally compared to last year. One year following the death of George Floyd and the intense nationwide pro- nationwide protests uh, and calls for defund police departments that followed, the poll shows that most people have trust in law enforcement. 72% of registered voters have a great deal, 36%, or fair amount, 36%, of trust in confidence in police and law enforcement. Uh, 27% have not very much or none at all when it comes to confidence in those wearing the blue. So I don't know if you know <laughs> how uh, bills work and so forth. And it's like when when they, what do they call it? They call it omnibus. Is that it? Yeah. When it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff all packaged together into this one bill, which is the American Rescue Plan. And out of the $1.9 trillion dollars, they had in this budget, they, de- they set aside $350 billion for state and local governments, for the police. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a very small amount, if you know what math is at all. That's a very small percentage of what's actually in that bill. All right? It, when, uh, when they do these omnibus packages, these bills that have tons of stuff a- added to them, you know, they, they put these packages together in such a way so that they, w- they go there and they, the Democrats, because they're in the majority— They push this bill, but it has a whole bunch of stuff that their crazy socialist asses want. They have a whole bunch of stuff in there. And then, you know, when uh, the Republicans say, no, we're not voting for that, they're going to point out the stuff, the good things in the bill that they, uh, it's like, yeah, see, they do, they they want to defund the police because they didn't vote for this $1.9 trillion that would have given $350 billion to the police. So hopefully you are smart enough to understand what the hell's happening there. Anyway, let's go on to this next story. CBS, NBC News reports, reports skip Times Square shooting. ABC, ABC devotes 20 seconds. <coughs> Excuse me. Mainstream networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC largely ignored the Sunday morning shooting, excuse me, the Sunday shooting of a 21-year-old Marine caught in a crossfire in Times Square dedicating almost no time covering the violent incident in their Monday morning and evening news reports. According to an analysis by Newsbusters, CBS and NBC completely avoided the Sunday shooting of the man uh, visiting the tourist hotspot with his family, while ABC dedicated a mere 20 seconds in its evening report. In addition to nearly non-existent coverage, the analysis also found that uh, the networks failed to mention that 23 people in New York City were shot in 19 different shootings over the weekend. The lack of coverage comes as the rates of violent crime and homicides continue to uh, rise in cities across the U.S., especially in New York City, where shooting incidents have increased 53.2% year-to-date and murders have increased 13.3% year-to-date, according to the NYPD crime data through the week ending through June 20th. Uh, The violent crime spike has become a political topic amid 
a hot political topic amid support by some Democrats for the movements uh, aimed at defunding the police to instead invest in more social pro excuse me <laughs> more social programs. Uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez from New York appeared to cast doubt on the statistics showing a significant rise in crime uh, across the country when she told Representative Jamal Bowman uh, from New York in a recent Zoom meeting that concerns over the numbers amounted to hysteria. New York City mayoral candidates Curtis uh, Sliwa, forgive me, Republican from Staten Island, and Eric Adams from Brooklyn have both vowed to tackle the rising crime rates in the city. Neither of the men is a stranger to fighting crime, as Adams is a former police captain, and Sliwa is the founder of the Guardian Angels. That's why I know that name. He's running, he's, he's in office now? He's a founder of the Guardian Angels and formed the group in the 70s to combat crime waves in the city that still operates today. That guy has some sack on him. You should look him up. <laughs> the guy who founded the Guardian Angels. All right, so... Yeah, I mean, and, and this this kind of story is is happening or like being ignored all over the country when it comes to the liberal media. Um, they they don't want to talk about these things, and, ra- and rather they'd f- rather fill their airtime. It's like remember when Trump was president? Oh, it was so awful. Oh, it was so bad. Remember the tweets? Oh, it's like every day, every day. By the way, somebody was murdered in New York. And and then you know, remember when Trump, you know, in his in his in his hair, in his orange skin, remember that? Yeah, and murders are up in uh, Chicago. Hey, remember how like Republicans are like super evil, and only good people are Democrats? You remember that? And that's kind of like that's pretty much how their news segments run. You know, it's sad. It's sad because these are Americans dying. These are Americans getting killed because of these crazy liberal policies that have led to this kind of lawlessness in our city streets. So I hope you, if you live in a city, you're moving out of a city. (laughs) You're in the process of packing up right now. You're listening to a podcast and you're moving a couch out to the U-Haul to get out of the city. Come out in the country where people are smarter. (laughs) But more, most people who live in, in cities are college educated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and we know what they're teaching at colleges. That's all everyone's talking about is this critical race theory. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to this next story. Andy No says SoundCloud banned him from SoundCloud. Andy No says podcast banned from SoundCloud. It's a horrible headline. Anyway, uh, writer Andy No announced on Monday that SoundCloud had permanently banned his podcast from the platform. No, who is also an editor-at-large at at the Post Millennial, revealed over the weekend that the music audio platform SoundCloud has banned his podcast for violating the site's terms of service. The journalist initially provided details of the banning on his Twitter account. Quote, at SoundCloud has permanently banned me and my podcast at You Should Know NGO. In an email... It says, I violated its community guidelines without naming the alleged offended content, offending content. Guests have included Ruben, at Ruben Report, at Douglas K. Murray, at Jordan B. Peterson, at SC Support, and Geo tweeted. And Geo, <laughs> no, tweeted. My mistake. Based on NGO, uh, I did it again. Based on No's account, 
SoundCloud sent an email claiming that his podcast, uh, Things You Should Know, has been permanently removed on the grounds of being dedicated to violating our terms of service and community guidelines. The terms and conditions including using the platform to upload, post, store, transmit, display, copy, distribute, promote, and make available or otherwise communicate to the public any content that is abusive, libelous, defamatory, pornographic, or obscene. That promotes or incites violence, terrorism, or illegal acts, or hatreds on the ground of race, ethnicity, cultural identity, religious belief, disability, gender, identity, sexual orientation, or it's otherwise objectionable in SoundCloud's reasonable discretion. Hmm, I wonder if Shock Monkey Radio is on SoundCloud. The email also explained that once an account uh, violates these terms, all accounts, tracks, and followers are banned from returning to the site. It did not provide an exact instance to win no violated these terms in his podcast. When reached for comment, no told Fox News, the long list of violations SoundCloud accuses me of allegedly in violating includes incitement to violence. How can a legitimate business uh, accuse a client of such egregious crimes without even pointing to the offending content or giving me an opportunity to ask for more information? My podcast included interviews with professors and public figures like Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin. Fox News reached out to SoundCloud, but they have yet to respond. The company has not yet publicly acknowledged banning No from their platform. In an email provided by No, SoundCloud has neglected a chance to appeal for the per, uh, a chance for appe- of appeal for, of the permanent ban, seemingly ensuring No that uh, cannot dis, uh, challenge this decision. "Quote: Big Tech is not nonpartisan nor neutral, but they are at least paying clients like myself on." Uh, on SoundCloud should know exactly what content they've uploaded that is so egregious that it merits a permanent suspension. No responded. I'm scratching my head over what they could find so objectionable about interviews with professors and mainstream figures. No's last podcast premiered in March 2020 and featured Imam Tawhidi discussing the parallels between violence, violent Islamic extremists and members of Antifa. His previous podcast could still be found on YouTube. You know, uh, um, that's unsettling to, to say the least. Uh, cause I thought that, you know, it's, uh, it was, you know, YouTube is one thing, you know, but as long as like podcasts were still, still allowed to be podcasts and still allowed to be out there, you know, I think that that's, that's still, I think that still, still like it allows for the freedom of speech. But when they start uh, banning podcasts and like, and like, uh, disabling your account, you know, banning you just because of something you said, I'm a free free speech absolutist. Anything that can be said should be allowed to be said. I mean, but I mean, if if you threaten somebody, I think the police should look at you. Absolutely, but I don't think that the police should be look. Listening to every single podcast on earth to, you know, f- look for crimes. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, Andy No is, uh, uh, he's, he's gay, you know, he's Asian, you know, and he just, he, he got in all this trouble. He like climbed to notoriety because he wrote a book about how evil Antifa is. Which is obvious to anyone with any moral code. Doesn't matter how gay or straight you are. Anyone with any kind of morality knows that like Antifa is similar to Islamic jihadists in their tactics. But that goes against 
the winds of popular opinion when it comes to these tech companies and liberal media. And so I don't know about you, but I'm worried. I'm worried. If they're taking down Andy, no, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be taking down other people soon enough. And I doubt that I'm even on SoundCloud. If you listen to me on SoundCloud, please send me an email, madman at fxbgpr.com. Let me know. Let me know. All right, let's go on to this next story. San Francisco poll shows 70% of respondents say quality of life is on the decline. Well, you don't say. A recent poll conducted in San Francisco found that 70% of respondents believe the quality of life in the city has declined and pointed to crime and homelessness as, the top, as their top concerns. SFGate.com, citing a city beat poll commissioned by the uh, city's Chamber of Commerce, reported that the poll was conducted in late May and involved 520 registered voters who live in the city. Roughly 80% of those polled said addressing homelessness is a top priority. About 76% of those polled want more cops in high-crime neighborhoods, the report said. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that there has been a 753% jump, 753% jump in car break-ins at the police department central station compared to May 2020 while there were COVID-19 restrictions. The paper said that thefts are up 75% compared to 2019. Quote, we want our visitors to feel safe and feel that they can park safe. Kevin Carroll, executive director of the Hotel Council of San Francisco, told the paper. Anything that pulls away from that hurts their experience here. You come to visit this beautiful city and your car is broken into, it leaves a bad impression. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. The quote concludes. <laughs> Car gets broken into. Yeah, it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth about the city. You know, and it's, it's funny because San Francisco was once a very beautiful city. Once a very beautiful city. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's like a lot of these, um, like Portland, Minneapolis, and stuff like that. It's like these, uh, these liberal cities. Like a lot of them are quite beautiful. I mean, I'm not a city guy, but I've been to cities and stuff like that. And when it comes to, like, uh, comparing a city like San Francisco to New York, it's like, I think New York was probably always ugly. <laughs> I think it was, it's an ugly city. I mean, I went, I've been to Chicago, and I thought that was kind of a beautiful city because, of the, I, don't, I don't know, it's like, maybe it was the wind. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and I think that in many ways they can be beautiful. These cities can be beautiful. But, I mean, you can't let these liberal uh, – these liberal policies, you know, cause, you know, crime to go out of control. 750% increase in car break-ins. That's an insane number. That's an insane number. That's a crazy person number. Everyone knows percents only go to 100. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, damn, I wrote like four pages for this show, and I'm going to end early again. Damn it. All right, I got two more stories here, and I'd like to end on a lighter note, so that you know, uh, you don't you don't walk away from this podcast angry. Leave that to me. Let me be angry for you. So, Angels Dylan Bundy suffers from heat exhaustion and vomits on the mound at Yankee Stadium. All right, Los Angeles Angels pitcher Dylan Bundy had a hard time in the heat. Monday night. In the bottom of the second inning in the game against the New York Yankees, Bundy clearly wasn't feeling well. 
With sweat dripping from his cap, Bundy stepped off the rubber, walked behind the mound, bent over, and vomited all over the grass. <laughs> Bundy was getting ready to face the Yankees hitter uh, DJ LeMahieu with a runner on second base and two outs in the inning. Oh, wait a second. He was facing LeMahieu with a runner on second and two outs. Oh, okay. It could, there could be a little bit of stress. <laughs> could be a little bit of the heat. But if you see the video, you could see like the sweat just straight up, like pouring, pouring off the brim of his cap. And, you know, it, it's so much you'd think, did it just stop raining? You know, it, he is just sweating so much. Okay, so Bundy was getting, yeah. So after throwing up, a trainer made his way out to the mound to assist Bundy. Bundy ended up leaving the game after getting sick. The game was tied at 2-2, and the Angels superstar Sohee Otani clobbered his 26th home run of the season in the first inning. Yeah, nerves could have been a part of it. Uh, the team said he was dealing with heat exhaustion. Temperatures were in the 90s in the New York area. Over 1.2 innings of work, Bundy allowed two runs and four hits and gave up a home run to the Yankees third baseman Gio Urshela. Urshela. Forgive me. I am not keeping up with <laughs> baseball this season. Uh, so far in 2021, Bundy has a 1-7 record with a 6.68 ERA with in 63.1 innings pitched. The Angels ended up winning the, winning the game 5-3. So look, this is just like one symptom of what's going on uh, in, in the country over the, this, this week. I mean, it's hot everywhere. It's hot everywhere. I mean, even in the Pacific Northwest. It's in like the hundreds. It's like topping three digits up there. So for God's sakes, heat exhaustion is a real thing. It's a real thing. Uh, when I was like uh, 15, I went to see George Bush, H.W. Bush, uh, speak. Uh, I'm not going to say where. At this place, and um, this kid next to me like passed out. <laughs> Straight up passed out because it was, it was a hot day. I was living in a hot area, and it was super hot that day, and some kid, like, passed out. Heat exhaustion is a real thing. You know, I, I know it's summer. I know you want to get out there and do stuff. I want You want to go out there and play baseball. You want to go to baseball games and stuff like that. But for God's sakes, say, God's sakes, stay hydrated, you know, <laughs> to get in the shade sometimes, you know. I know, I know you're not a, a starting pitcher for a baseball team. All right, and, and that's his job is to deal with that kind of stuff. And when it comes to, you know, here we are at the end of, end of June, early July, you know, it's like getting to be the hottest point in the summer. And that means crime is on the rise and heat exhaustion is on the rise. All right. So please, please stay hydrated. And if you're sweating so much that it looks like your hat is in a rainstorm, but the rest of you isn't, you know, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need a break. Seriously, though, I mean, if you if you see the video, it, I mean it's just pouring, pouring off of his hat. It is. <laughs> and I'm, I know I don't mean to laugh because it's it's a very serious thing. You could die from that kind of stuff. And so I think let let Dylan Bundy be a reminder to you to remain hydrated, stay cool, and be careful out there. Because global warming or whatever, <laughs> whatever you got to tell yourself, just take care of yourself. All right, last story. I'm going to end the show. Chicago police officers surprise, chil surprise children with a new basketball hoop after seeing them play with a milk crate. 
Chicago police officers on Monday surprised a group of children with a new basketball hoop after seeing them play instead, <clears throat> playing instead with a milk crate and even stuck around to shoot hoops in the neighborhood. Officers from Chicago's Police Department's 6th District noticed a group of children in the neighborhood playing basketball using a milk crate as their hoop. Uh, Chicago Police Superintendent David O. Brown tweeted, the, officer, the officers saw an opportunity to help the kids with their game, so they got together to buy them a new hoop and basketballs. Excuse me. Brown shared a video showing two uniformed officers carrying a box with a new hoop inside. Another officer goes to the door and a woman uh, and a woman walks out with walks a boy onto the deck, covering her uh, his eyes with her hands. The boy then seeing officers carrying the gift inside outside on the lawn, yelled in delight. Thank you. Is that a little better? The officer asked, giving the boy a high five. He's like, yeah, he says, jumping with excitement. And the officer asks again, yeah, you cool with that? The officers then say, then says they're going to help put the two, uh, hoop together for the boy. Yeah, it'd be kind of rude just to drop it off. Now, figure it out, kid. <laughs> uh, quote, we love to see the joy, and, the joy and smiles we bring to our youth. The Gresham District's commander, Sonora Ben, also, also wrote retweeting the video. Sonora Ben. That's a pretty cool name. Anyway, uh, several photos uh, shared by Brown showed a group of at least nine officers in label police vests opening the box and reading the directions to assemble the hoop for the children. You mean this isn't covered in police training? Uh, once the hoop is erect, could you have chosen another word? Once the hoop was erect, <sighs> was erected? Oh, God, it's horrible. Anyway, there's got once the hoop was put up, the officers posed with three boys and one girl holding their new basketballs in their front front lawn. Quote, they even struck uh, stuck around to play a quick game of basketball with their new friends, Brown wrote, sharing another video of officers shooting hoops with the children. Not only did this make kids happy, but it made my day too. Video shows the officers and children shooting balls from behind the fenced area of the pavement. Nothing but net, a female officer holding the camera could be heard cheering on one of the boys as he shoots. Did the they made the female officer film it? <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of bad things going on in Chicago these days. A lot of bad things, and so I mean, I think that you know, you need to you need to highlight the positive, and that's why I like ending my show with a couple of positive stories to like remind you that you know, that this really is a good world. This really is a fine nation. And I know these cops, you know, there's not a whole lot they can do to make themselves feel like they're making a difference in their community, especially when, you know, got, you got people like uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, just like uh, clipping their wings, clipping cops' wings every day. You know, and so I think they're even told, like, you can't pursue uh, felons anymore in your car or something like that. It's, it's craziness like that. But, I mean, these cops heroically stay on the job and try to make the difference and work with, make a difference while working within the, within the absurd rules that come down from these liberal politicians. And even if it is just pitching in together and buying a new basketball hoop for a couple of kids, it could make a difference in their lives. All right, one, because it gives them, you know, shooting basketball, shooting hoops is, is – something other than committing crime, first of all. 
All right. Number two is like it's an opportunity. So you get really good at it. You can get out of this horrible city like Chicago. <laughs> Go play for, I don't know, like uh, Boise or some Boise State. Is there a Boise State? I don't know. <laughs> Go somewhere nice like Idaho. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, you know, God bless these cops for staying on the job because I know if I were a cop and all the stuff that's going on in the police force, I would be out. I would be out in two seconds working in private security because that's where the money is anyway. And all these cops know it. They all have ex-cop friends that have moved out from, from, uh, you know, from policing into private security and are now making six figures just walking around with a gun with rich people or something. Far less risky job, far more pay. But these cops are still in the trenches, still on the front lines, fighting fighting the fight against crime as best as they can with with their uh, hand with one arm tied behind their tied behind their back. There's a lot of bad stories coming out of Chicago, but today we had a good one to end the show on. I want to remind you again to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron. Help me out. Uh, you can also send me cash to Cash App. Use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio. I would appreciate it. I also have books available for download, digital download, over on Amazon.com. Search for the author Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. Search for the Exit 13 book books. I got three of those. They're full of short stories. I got The Ravings of a Madman, and I have The Bunny Years, a memoir. It's a story about a superhero named Jack Rabbit. So I want to thank you again. I'm sorry the show was, it wasn't as long. I mean, I swear to God, it's four pages long. <laughs> My notes are four pages long. I guess I read too fast. That's my problem, because I can I can clear a book like no problem. Like I, I can sit down and seriously read to like a five hundred page book in a day. Anyway, <laughs> so read the Bunny Years, a memoir which is about a guy who speed reads. <laughs> anyway, so this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>